Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo, your host, along with my partners in crime, Vegas Runner and Steven Nover. Guys, how you doing this week? Hey, Marco. Very well, Marco. Pretty excited. It's uh, preseason's upon us. It's a great time to be bent in sports. Well, we're taping on Wednesday, and that means preseason football does kick off in full force tomorrow night. Uh, I know this is the time of the year I get excited. The football season, you got college season on the horizon just a couple weeks away. The NFL, we got four weeks of preseason, and then we get strap it up for the real thing. And I'm looking forward to a you know another big year of football. And we got uh, Stephen, uh, you know, you're our NFL expert. We'll be uh, great having you on the podcast this year. We'll be picking your brain all year. You look enthused, <laughs> excited for the preseason. <laughs> you know, hope- Steve lives for exhibition. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get over this Hall of Fame game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let, let's go ahead and start the first uh, segment. And guys, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame game. I, I watched part of the game, but I got to be honest, I didn't watch the end of the game. But that's all everybody's talking Coaching about. Coaching genius. Uh, you know, did it? Did it really happen the way everybody's saying? He's a genius. <laughs> He's, He's a, a genius, genius. Stephen. Uh, preseason game uh he takes a safety you know it's not like they took the safety that he was at the five yard line punting out of his end zone uh from what i've heard the guy really ran like 30 yards for he the- got clocked in the 40 i heard <laughs> well they're clocking him yeah here's here's my take on it i thought it was ridiculous for that to happen a because it's a preseason game and uh you don't do that in preseason. You, you're working on things. Uh, punt the ball. Trust your punt return unit. Uh, it's a clutch situation. It's the end of the game. And you don't run. I agree with you, Mark. You don't run 35 yards to do that. If you're on, you're backed up your, old, your own goal line, yes, then it makes sense. However, I don't want to hear any crying from Tennessee betters. If you were on the Titans laying three instead of two and a half, you're a bad better, and it mm. bit you. <laughs> yeah, because the, you're right, Oh, Because even to take the three, you had to lay minus 120. So even if you found three, it was even money. So you could have spent a little extra and bought the half point down to two and a half. No, so I agree. You don't need to even buy it. The two I'm and saying half, for the guys last, that don't have to shop, the guys that have one bookie, one local. Not everyone lives here like me and you do. and <laughs> has options everywhere no, they there, look. There's, there's places that are on the internet. You know, I think we're <laughs> overlooking that, too. It's not just these off-street books. It's absolutely no no excuse to have taken a to have laid a three when you could have been easily laying a two and a half. Are, are you guys talking? Because I'm deaf right now. I'm the only guy that has headphones, and, and VR just punk, punk ruptured my eardrums. I'm just I'm sorry, but I, I just I, I couldn't disagree more. As much as you know, I, you know how much I respect Nova and uh, his rants as well. But I, I just think it was a smart move by Fisher only because of the way the game transpired. Here you are, your first unit goes in, does what they're supposed to do, gets you up to a 14-0 lead, okay? Now your second, third, fourth string lets the other team come back, okay? If your team loses that game, 
How do you go into this week's practice to your backups, your second, your third, your fourth string? It's just for morale purposes. Yeah, it don't mean nothing. Yes, it's an exhibition game, but I think Fisher was looking at it as the mental aspect. Here we are. We had a 14-0 lead. And we're going to let this team not only come back on us, but they're going to end up beating us as well. So let me teach these guys that what we do in Tennessee is we win. Whether it's a practice, whether it's an exhibition, no matter what, you're here to win. And I respect that. I would have ran if I was at the other 20 instead of taking the field goal. (laughs) I would have said run 80 yards and get me the win. Strategically, you're right, VR. That was the right move strategically. And I... I don't have a problem with it from a strategy standpoint. I'm just saying it's preseason. No, I understand. I understand. I just think it's, it's because pre-season. of the, I think it's because of how the game went. Fisher saw his team in a little bit of a panic mode looking like, you know, uh, what are we going to do? And I think he didn't want them to just get so down on themselves for a Hall of Fame game. Okay, I, I've sat here quiet, not by design, because I couldn't hear anything you guys were saying. <laughs> My hearing just finally came back, and I'm going to disagree with VR. And, and, and this guy here, I love him like a brother, but I'm going to side in with, with my man Stephen. Yeah, here. because Stephen bought us dinner last week. That's well, why. Yeah, hey, we'll tell that story in a moment. You know, we'll do that in a second segment. We'll talk about that story. You buy Marco a buffet. He's got your back. <laughs> that you much I yourself with Marco. That That's much I guarantee <laughs> you. The situation here is it is a preseason game. What are you going to do now when you're in a regular season game and your your team's blowing a lead and you got to make a clutch punt, you know, punt and, and you know get it off? If you can't get a punt off no, from right. your own forty yard line in a preseason game to end the game, come on, guys. That's I think ridiculous. he was more afraid of some kind of return, something like I don't. And that's you know. ridiculous. But the worst part way, is no, you're right. The, the worst part is come on, these guys know what the spread is to do that and let that game end for most betters at three that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous but it's a great example of why preseason football is a different animal than the regular season and that's why in preseason football you look at your Kansas City's, you look at your Oakland Raiders, you look at your Detroit Lions, and you don't look at your New England Patriots and your Dallas Cowboys. You look at the bad teams because they're the ones in the third and fourth quarter still have a reason to go out there and play while the other team has the jerseys off talking about where we're going to dinner. Absolutely. But let's not forget on the very first series of the game that I did watch, the guy runs a fake punt on the first. Okay. Now, that's great. It, you know what? And that was probably one of the best fakes. I mean, I watched the replay like, was a couple of times. I had to look close to yeah, see how, how he pulled that off. I mean, I, I'm like, where'd the ball go? You know, then all of a sudden the guys are up there. Why would you throw that out there now? And, 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 and show that play. That's a play you run the, the first week of the season on your first the Or series. keeping your back pocket for that. Well, that's the flip side is, and I certainly understand that thinking, but the flip side is, all right, we've shown that play. Now everybody's got to be aware of it. Maybe it gives our punter more time now because they got to – Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Hard, or it, so it sets up it, co- it sets up coverage too. You know, because now they got to hold. You know, they, they can't go back. The protectors can't. You know, run back uh, right away for so to set up. The, what would North Turner have done in that situation, he's North, Steve? He's North Turner. Well, you know, Jeff Fisher, unlike Norv Turner, is a good coach. And so he's throwing that out right away, saying, okay, you got to do some extra preparation now on special teams. So maybe that's his thinking. I don't want to doubt Jeff Fisher. All right, the next uh, the next big story, and we went on that one pretty good, and uh, you know that was pretty fun for the uh, you know preseason Hall of Fame game. <laughs> the other story that broke this week, 
out of Kentucky, Louisville, Rick Patino. You know, it just you know, it's ludicrous the way this thing's unfolded. Uh, the university's behind him. You know, nothing's going to happen to you know to Rick. But you know, he had an affair uh, six years ago. How it takes six years before to the, b- b- to, for this thing to come to light, and you know, and her, you know, to try to collect. Uh, is just ridiculous. Uh, he had an affair, uh, supposedly um, had uh, you know sex with a, this girl at a restaurant, and then later on at another location, and uh, she got pregnant. And Rick uh, supplied the, as the stories are being reported, gave her three thousand dollars to have an a you know abortion. Guys, what do you what do you make of the story here? First off, I think he paid like twenty five hundred too much, but. <laughs> But, but besides that, honestly, I, I think nothing's going to come of it. I mean, now it's her getting charged for the extortion. Obviously, the guy admitted it. Yeah, he he slept with her. Yeah, she got pregnant. Yeah, he stepped up, paid for for the abortion, and now she comes back, wants more money, and, and says this rape allegations. I mean, it, it happens to celebrities all the time. I think it's nothing new. Um, it's just that it happens to be in the sports arena this time. But I think it's just going to blow over. It's just something to talk about right now on ESPN mm-hmm. until something better comes along. Well, Patino's more the victim here. Yeah. I mean, this lady's obviously a blackmailer. And Obviously. he's the one with the big name that's going to look bad in the press. Oh, did you hear Patino, married man, had an affair? Yeah. And, and the ironic thing was, supposedly, Patino did not accept the UNLV basketball head coaching job that, that went to Kruger because his wife didn't like it here in Las Vegas. Well, you know, and I immediately on air made the joke, well, maybe, you know, Rick's uh, strayed before and, you know, and his wife didn't, you know, this is not the term. (laughs) Well, you know, we're trying to keep it, uh, you know, keep it a little clear, but my man, (laughs) my man VR come in right away. And and what did you say about Las Vegas? This ain't the city you want to come to. If you got vices, (laughs) no way. Honestly, you got any kind of vice, whether it be sexual, drug related, gambling related, alcohol related, this is the last city you want to come with them kind of problems. And you're still here? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're having triple threat. <laughs> it's either you embrace it or, or, you know, you struggle with them inner demons. VR's like that utility infielder. You can use them in any of the positions. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, we had a lot of fun in this uh, this first segment with it, and uh, in the second segment, we're going to talk some baseball. Uh, you know, break down what's going on in baseball. Last week, a huge series uh, in New York uh, with the Yankees and the Red Sox. We're going to talk about that and uh, some uh, player changes again this week. Uh, Steven's going to give us some news and notes from the baseball world get you set for the stretch drive we'll be back here for the second segment this is the sports betting preview show a pregame.com podcast for free real-time odds lines and scores visit pregamelines.com welcome back to the sports betting preview show a pregame.com podcast this is Marco D'Angelo along with Vegas Runner and Steven Nover this is our second segment we're going to talk a little major league baseball Guys, what a series last weekend in the Bronx, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox. Did they just put the American League East to bed last weekend? No, and you know that's not the case, Mark. That series is already forgotten. The Red Sox have just rebounded against the Tigers. Uh, it's, um, 
No, that that uh, the Yankees did gain a, a huge measure of self-respect back from that, though, having lost eight in a row to the Red Sox. But uh, no, this this won't be decided until uh, we find out uh, which one of those two is going to the World Series. Yeah, I think it's got you know a, a, a lot of time before we decide who's going to win that American League geese. Uh, they definitely got the leg up on them now. I mean, Boston was 8-0 against them. You know, now they're still 8-4 against them. So, I mean, they're still beating them for the, the, the season series. But um, the timing couldn't have been better for the Yankees. Here you are going down the stretch. You, you blow by them. You, you beat them four, not a three-game sweep, a four-game sweep with the last one on national television. And the way they won that fourth game – Losing, you know, being down one nothing in the bottom of the in the top of the ninth or whatever it was. Um, so I think it was bigger for the Yankees. It was more of a positive for the Yankees than that big of a negative for Boston because Boston already was going into that series having problems. So they needed to right that ship anyway. Um, if anything, that was more of a wake up call that if we continue playing like this we're not going to make the playoffs or we're definitely not going to do anything when we get there so I think it was a wake-up call for Boston and a very positive four-game sweep for the Yankees well obviously uh, you know the Yankees I mean uh, that race was neck and neck and now you know it's a five and a half you know game lead uh what about the fashion in which the Yankee I mean Boston couldn't score a run. No. Two. I mean, what did they, they go? 25, 26 innings? Without, without a run. Without and scoring one a run. One run in three games. That's. Well, teams go through that. It's 162 <laughs> games. Teams go through these stretches. Unfortunately for Boston, it came against the Yankees on the big stage. On the big stage, their arch rival. And, yeah, I, I mean, I think it was a statement series. It, it I don't scared know. me. I, I have Boston on a future, and it scared me because I know pitching wins in October. But that this offense just couldn't get anything at all going. I could see when sometimes your stars are slumping, sometimes your bottom of the order is slumping, but when one through nine is struggling – I mean, that's worrisome. It just—it has to be. I I know we still have a lot of time before this is decided, but the offense definitely has to be— Oh, so overreacting to this. (laughs) Uh, You know, an early August thing, uh, statement. I mean, yeah, the Yankees got off their backs, and they showed Boston that that they're definitely capable of— playing good ball against them but let's not overreact to this well i i to me i think that um i'm gonna go on record saying the yankees win the division i don't think boston comes back and wins the division i do still think that boston will win the wild card and we're gonna see another matchup between the yankees and boston but uh that's that was a statement and uh the yankees you know right now i mean they they you know, at the beginning of the year, they didn't have the pitching. I mean, the team just didn't have it. And right now, best record in baseball. You know, they've come on, and the cream rises to the you know to the top at the end. But uh, we'll see what happens. It's still uh, we still got a lot of baseball ahead of us. Speaking of which, the other big story, and we're going to go to. It seems like every week we're going to Philadelphia for something. Uh, Philadelphia makes the big acquisition. They get Cliff Lee. I mean. That was a, a move that uh, I, I can't believe for what they got, had to give up to get him. But um, they got Pedro, and again, we're taping on Wednesday, so by the time most of you hear this, Pedro either would have had a great debut or already been shelled. We'll see what happened there. But with all of the pitching changes and everything, Jamie Moyer, who although has been bad at home, there's no question, he can't pitch at home, the guy's pitched quality on the road, has been moved to the bullpen 
and uh, he's not happy about it <clears throat> at all. What do you guys take on it? And then, uh, you know, I'll comment because I, I have a big take on it. But you guys go ahead. What do you think about this move? Well, so what if Jamie Moyer's feelings are hurt? If Jamie Moyer wants to do something about it, well, pitch better at home. He hasn't <laughs> pitched well at home all year. I mean, when Philly made the decision to sign Pedro, uh, they weren't sure just how good this, this Jay Happ would be. It turns out he's very good. Blanton has come on very strong. Uh, Hamill still is, hasn't had the consistency that he's had in the past, but come on, he's a quality guy. And obviously, of course, they hadn't had Cliff Lee who's just a monster, as you said. So, yeah, Philly's in a very good situation, and uh, I, I, you know, I think it's going to be them and the Dodgers. I think that's becoming pretty obvious. Uh, looking honestly, there's two sides, three sides to every story, <laughs> his, theirs, and the truth, you know. But um, this is a tough situation. On the one side, it's like, hey, Moyer, shut up. You got your ring. You helped get the ring, sure, but you got your ring. This team has a, 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 a championship to defend. They have to do what's best for the club. But on the flip side, hearing the, the real story, if it is the real story, Moyer more or less is saying, dude, they lied to me. This was the whole negotiation over the summer. This was what the, the point was, whether I'm going to come back or not. I know there's no guarantees in baseball, but – this was the issue. Will this happen? Is there a chance of this happening? And he was under the impression, no, regardless of how you do, you will not be sent to the bullpen. Now, again, there's no guarantees in baseball. And of course, the team's going to do what's in their best interest. It is a business. But you got to look at it from both sides. You know, Moyer might say, hey, I would have never came back for another year if this was going to be an issue. But then on the Philly side, we got a championship to defend. So, Bottom line is we're going to see how it transpires once Pedro pitches tonight and how Moyer does the next time they give him a chance to start. If anything, maybe this rest will do him good. So I, see, I think the, the Phillies are, are, are eight, taking a couple experiments before that final push because they see Florida's only three and a half behind, so they know they're going to have to go on, on one more run before the season's over. And I think they're just moving a couple pieces around to see what we're going to go with. Well, from a business standpoint, I understand what they got to do. So, you know, Stephen, you laid it out, the nuts and bolts of it. You know, he's not the best pitcher, you know, and he's definitely, you know, the fifth, you know, right now the fifth guy on the rotation. So, you know, he can be that fifth starter. Uh, but to move him to the bullpen, where do you use him in the bullpen? Are you going to totally insult him? And is this going to be the guy that's going to come in after somebody gets shelled after two innings and you're down four nothing? You're going to use him in that situation. You're not going to use him as a setup guy to the closer because the guy, you know, he's tossing up junk. He, you know, in the late innings, you want a guy coming in that's throwing heat. I mean, Jamie Moyer hasn't seen heat in how many years? Uh, you know, what's his fastball these days? It is going to be a situational lefty. I'm telling you, where he's going to come in for one or two guys. When a left-handed pitcher, when he needs that—that's how they're going to use them. They actually need him in the bullpen. They have both Romero and, and Condre are on the DL. I mean, they just got Durbin back. They need—they need bodies in the in the bullpen. They need bodies, but do you think he—he—he's going to be a quality? guy out of the bullpen in, in in what situation do you think's the best to use him? that's a good long point relief. in the situation long relief that's about it 
that you know yeah that's what i think either long relief if a guy's getting shelled in the second or third inning or situational it's one one it's in the seventh and you need a left-handed pitcher to come in this whole conversation may be moot because i don't think pedro's gonna pitch very well i think he's washed up you don't think the 89 mile an hour fastball is gonna (laughs) blow by anyone yeah nor the 521 era in the minors so it could be a moot point he could be right back the only thing is pedro's fastball makes moyers you know compared to moyers it does look fast but still (laughs) it's a good situation with moyer you spot him in between hamels and lee and uh you know, these teams are wondering, well, now, what's going on? Uh, yeah, they got Hamill. They worried about him. They got Lee, and they got Hap. That's who they're focused on. Uh, Jamie needs to not become a distraction. But Ride really the pine. Off the hitters in between these Ride the pine. Are- be happy if you get another ring, and just don't become a distraction right now because there is a race in the National League East. The Braves have awakened. Florida's awakened, and the team needs to concentrate on winning, not about hurting a, a relief pitcher's feelings. Okay. Uh, for a mini rant of the week, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take away Stephen's spotlight for a second. The Florida Marlins have got themselves back into the race. Will somebody explain to me how you go into Washington and get swept and then go into Philadelphia and, and, and sweep Philadelphia? You know better than anyone else. You're the master of this with football. You're the f- guy that I know looks at the schedule weeks in advance. I've never seen you handicap without having the following week's schedule <laughs> or two and the weeks before. I, I've watched you handicap. So you're the master of this. But those are That's situa- the look-ahead situation. But three games? Yeah, I okay. know. Okay. It's different than football and other sports. You look ahead maybe the I under- first game. I know, I know. but I, I think this- that's that's where it, what it falls under, I believe. Well, you know, they're the Florida Marlins. They they – they're very vulnerable in the Inconsistent, bullpen. Yeah. They're bad fielding. Uh, they're not that great of a team. It's not like there's some 27 Yankees losing three to the Nationals. I mean, they probably shouldn't have done it, but they're they're not that great of a team. But it's amazing that they're that close in the race again. And you know, in, in Philadelphia, for all the talent that they have and all the talent that's not in the National League East, yeah, they should be way ahead. How, how this team's uh-huh. sitting right now, it. You know, it only three and a half games. You know, it's with teams scary. like Florida and Atlanta on your heels, that's yeah, ridiculous. Just doesn't make sense. Um, there were some moves uh, today, uh, Stephen. You told us uh, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, made some moves today. Yeah, just uh, before I came in in here to the pregame office, uh, I checked out um, uh, the internet and, and saw where the Brewers, I guess, may be giving up on the season. They they sent JJ Hardy to the minors and brought up this phenom shortstop of theirs, Escobar who's supposed to be very, very good. They fired their pitching coach. They brought up an outfielder with a lot of speed. So this could be the white flag. You know, they really weren't active at the at the trade deadline trying to bring in a good pitcher or anything. And uh, so they may be going to the youngsters, which brings up the question, well, why didn't they trade J.J. Hardy when they could have gotten something for him? And uh, so the Brewers, you know, could be a, a fade here down the stretch. Yeah, they're only, you know, the good news is um, they're only six and a half games out. The bad news is they're two games under five hundred late in the season, and that's not what you consider a, a playoff team. Well, how bad is it with the Brewers when they say, well, geez, we caught a lot of bad breaks. We have Supan and Bush on the DL, yeah. you know. <laughs> then we need yeah. them to Like that would have made the difference. Exactly. They're not, they're not going to rescue anybody. So uh, they should have addressed their pitching. Uh, I feel sorry for them. They're a small market team. They gave it a shot last year with Sabathia. He didn't re-sign with them. They gave up a great prospect to get him. 
They probably didn't feel they had the horses to make a similar move this year where they probably would have had to give up the Phenom shortstop Escobar to get a, to rent a pitcher for a couple months, and that's the way baseball is. I agree, and, and with the Cubs and St. Louis ahead of them and Houston only a half game behind, they know they're not going to win the division. They're not going to win a wild card being two games under five hundred. I agree with Steve. I think this team is starting, the organization at least, if not the players, are starting to look more towards the future. And eventually that trickles down from management to the players. And like Steve just pointed out, this team may be a good fade the final month and a half of the season, especially if that attitude you know, gets down to the players that they're looking ahead the next year. Yeah, you know, Marco, you, you look at the Brewers roster and compare it to the Cubs and what the Cardinals have done, how they've restocked. They're not in their class. No, the they Cubs know that. The Cardinals. So it, it's a smart move on their part. Absolutely. And, you know, in just a couple weeks away, the teams are going to go, you know, to the expanded rosters and you'll be bringing up the rookies. And uh, we'll talk about that when we get to that. But that presents a whole new set of handicapping baseball when you get to the month of September and the expanded rosters and, and teams that, you know, are out of it looking at, uh, you know, prospects and teams that are, you know, still trying to make the playoffs. So that'll be an interesting podcast for us uh, when we get close to that. And, of course, in the coming weeks, um, you know, we're going to be talking some more football. Uh, we'll start breaking down some of the college teams and uh, what to look for in the upcoming season. Um, that's going to wrap up our second segment today, and we're going to be back with our third and final segment. We'll take a look at some preseason football action starts this week, and we'll talk uh, some free picks for you from our guys and maybe have some more future plays for you and tell you what to expect this weekend in the first full week of preseason. This is the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. We'll be back in one moment. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with my partners in crime, Vegas Runner and Steven Nover. Before we get to the um, third segment, you know, my favorite part where we give away RJ's money, we got a little story from last week, and I got to tell you, Steven Nover knows the ropes around Las Vegas. Now, last Thursday night, we had a pregame challenge. We uh, were going over to the M, and uh, we finally got our, the CEO, R.J. Bell himself, to come out and join us over at the M. We were going to play a poker tournament. Uh, Vegas Runner was on hand, Steven Nover and myself. And the M was running a promotion, and they have a tournament every night at 6, and that's what we were going for. But on Thursdays, they have a promotion where they're giving away $1,000 if anybody flops uh, four of a kind. So the poker room's just been jam-packed. And when we get there, nobody knew it, but they decided to cancel the tournament because they didn't want to take up tables for the tournament. Our man Stephen went into action. I tell you what, the the girl at the uh, at the table, Stephen started laying it on, and uh, yeah, you know, he's someone in charge. <laughs> well, he, he talked to the girl first, and he you know he sweet talked the girl, telling you know drove across town. I got three guys coming to join me. I mean, he, he he you know I brought you guys business. They they drove all the way over here to play the tournament. You canceled the tournament, no notice. This and that, and then you know the girl felt bad. She said you know she says well maybe you can talk to you know supervisor and he gets the floor person over vr you you, you want to take over the story from there and, uh floor person thought he was going to get out of there by just tossing steve a little nice one buffet ticket <laughs> and over let him know he's got a team behind him that needs to eat 
and uh, he hooked it up. That was honestly, I'm glad though we didn't play. I wish, like I told you, I wish I had a tape recorder because I it was the best sports book talk. Nova was standing there with Fezzik, and I got a chance, and we were talking for like a half hour. I wish I could have recorded that conversation. That was a podcast on its own. More knowledge and was kicked out in that 30 minutes than you could imagine. It was worth the ride up there. The buffet, and Steve, again, two times I've gone up there, two times the guys bought me dinner, so I thank them for that. (laughs) But I would have went up there just to hang out. That conversation was enough. Good job, Steve. You want anything you want to say on your performance, uh, snagging us the four buffets? Well, I think you guys kind of exaggerate uh, from from your exaggeration. I probably should have done gotten us four for the steakhouse. <laughs> well, you, you know, you can work on that next. But you know, okay. but that's my assignment. <laughs> RJ wouldn't be happy because you know the the great buffet that we had. All he's been talking about for a week is the root beer. <laughs> <laughs> the the M has they, ho- they have homemade oh, root boy. beer on draft and and that's all he's been talking about you know me, me and <laughs> Stevens going through plate after plate of food and, the, the root beer is very good but never mind the prime rib <laughs> the salmon all the different type of fish and all the exotic things the great crepes for dessert yeah RJ just wants to talk about the root beer yeah if, if VR I, I was surprised my man VR you know he, he he talks a good game and you know a lot of shit on me on my eating habits the man had so many desserts in his hand he was coming back to the plate he actually spilt one <laughs> <laughs> Coming back to the, uh, did you like their desserts at the? At uh, yeah, the, actually, I w- went a little light on dinner because I was so excited of their dessert. Honestly, like I was very impressed. They got a whole dessert pastry chefs there. I mean, they got nice ice cream gelato. They're making all kind of crepes, like Steve said. It's impressive, man. Honestly. I'm not a big buffet guy until I started hanging more with you and you introduced me to the Bellagio's and the nice buffets like that. But I got to tell you what, man, I was, I'm, I'm really impressed with the M two times we've eaten there and two times it was, it was excellent. Just a a quick note to our our listeners, hang in there. We promise we'll be giving you plays very soon. Well, let's, let's get that. Uh, So since we, you know, bored you with our buffet story, the coupon this week is we do each and every week, we give you a $10 coupon for listening listening to to us three buffoons sometimes on the mic but uh we appreciate you guys listening and and i you know i love giving away rj's money so coupon this week buffet 10 just type in the word buffet and the number 10 you're going to get ten dollars off your purchase just go to the pregame pros check out our hot cappers and we've got several hot cappers you know we've mentioned the last couple weeks the the run that spartan's been on uh 19 and 4 with his triple star plays uh congratulations to spartan continued his success um another capper uh just want to throw a shout out to stan sharp continues to win 34 and 18 this guy is uh, 65% over the last month and a half with his plays. And going back over two and a half years, the guy is hitting over 57% winners long-term. Uh, congratulations to him. So check out all of our cappers. Uh, use that $10 coupon. It'll be good through Monday. Just enter it at the checkout, the coupon code BUFFET10. Well, guys, football tomorrow. We've got uh, 
is again, we're taping on Wednesday, so Thursday kicks off the preseason week, our first full week of preseason. We touched upon last week the different things that we look at in preseason football, different angles, things that can make teams um, you know, have a little more motivation or less motivation, uh, and get things started on Thursday. Can you have any more motivation than the Super Bowl rematch? First uh, you know, first game on the, on the card Thursday night, Arizona goes into Heinz Field tomorrow night, Games on, uh, I believe, ESPN. Uh, you know, what do you guys uh, think? You think uh, Arizona will have any extra motivation? Or bottom line is, it's still just a preseason game. It's better if they lose. Oh yeah, we we got them back. We beat them in preseason. We got our revenge. You know. Yeah, I don't think the Super Bowl is going to be the factor, the deciding factor in that game. But it is interesting for the first, you know, official preseason games to have a big one on ESPN. I think it's a nice way to kick it off. I guarantee you one thing. They will go deep at least once with Larry Fitzgerald. It's going to be uh, he's going to, for a preseason game, Larry Fitzgerald will be pumped tomorrow night going back into Pittsburgh. I mean, he was a standout at the University of Pitt. Uh, you know, he'll have a lot of friends, uh, you know, back there in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, for that preseason game. And, uh, you know, again, I, Larry Fitzgerald, I'm, I'm a huge, yeah, huge fan of Larry be? Fitzgerald. This guy was the you know ultimate player at Pitt, gentlemen. I mean, I've still yet to see this guy ever spike a ball after scoring a touchdown, and this guy has sensational catches. You know, amazing talent. I think when it's all said and done, he will be regarded as one of the best receivers to ever play the game, well, and that's he, a huge statement. He was great in college, and uh, I, I do fantasy football a lot, as you guys know. <clears throat> he is the consensus number one wide receiver uh, in fantasy football. And fantasy football doesn't always translate to NFL talent, but in this case, NFL talent too. He is the, the number one wide receiver in the NFL. The the hands that this guy has, if, if you've ever got to see a game where, you know, when they come out for warm-ups, this guy snags balls left and right one-handed. It's it, it, it's amazing what he does. And he makes it look easy. Uh, incredible set of hands. I've never seen a receiver with better hands than Larry Fitzgerald. But moving on, you guys got some free picks for us this week? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm tired of, you know, I've, I have I wasn't into it, but, you know, I was giving the opinions, my futures and stuff like that. Wasn't into it, just giving NASCAR. Yeah, but now <laughs> it's time like to get down to business. Now's when we have our free pick record, and now's mm-hmm. when it's, we got games to give to handicap. And uh, I'm going to start it off by giving a side I, in this preseason this weekend. Absolutely. Oh, stop the presses, Steve. Absolutely. What do you think, I'm, I'm going to dive Ballsy. in. I'm <laughs> diving right in, right in, into the cold water, brother. Uh, not, not going slowly. And I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I like them laying two. Anything below a field goal I think is a great bet. And uh, that's a number I'm definitely going to lay. This Chiefs team you know, is coming off a terrible season. We all know that. But here they are with rejuvenated coaching. Um, You just see a whole new energy with this team. I've been doing a lot of work um, going to each team's website, seeing how their preseason practice is going. And every report I'm hearing out of this is positive. I mean, the coach has been tough on them. He's saying they didn't come this year to get meals and watch movies. You know, so he's been on them, working them, and the team's embraced it and they're loving it they're falling into that philosophy and believe it or not they think they have a shot to compete because of how weak the west is this year this team actually thinks they are going to compete so much that they even brought like amani tumor over 
to help, you know, teach the receivers, help bring them along. So I think this is a team that that has a reason to show up in preseason, especially game number one. If anything, they're playing at home. You know, there's all this, like I said, the new attitude. This is a new year. And what better way than to give the home team, the home fans, a win and to show them that we are practicing hard. We are practicing for a reason. And I think Houston, on the other hand, is going to come out and they're more just to see what they have. And I think Kansas City's the team that's going to give us four quarters. And that's what I look for in preseason. That's why, you know, I ended up, I got the push on Sunday, but that's why I ended up taking Buffalo because I like to go with the side that I think is going to give me four quarters. And I didn't think Tennessee was going to do that. And I think this is the exact same kind of game where Kansas City is going to look to win. They are willing to do a fake punt, that kind of stuff to get a win. And I don't think Houston is in that mode. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the two. This is going to be VR's first official football play of the year. Not game of the year. <laughs> on the podcast. Man, and, he, uh, he's pumped up today. I am. I am. I'm, I'm we we got to gotta bring him down a couple Football's of Football's tomorrow. I'm ready to go, boy. He said, I'll say one thing I didn't realize, you know, you know, meals and movies, that's what training camp's about. I didn't realize I could have had an NFL career. <laughs> You had a Hall of Fame career, <laughs> Stephen. What do you got for us? Well, I think this is a great time to be uh, trying to cherry pick some mm. NFL props. And kudos for the Venetian Hotel here in Las Vegas for putting out a lot of NFL props. Uh, one of the ones they put out is um, quarterback touchdowns. You can go over under, and I always respect a sports book that gives you an over under shot on props rather than just these one way things like futures. And the one I, uh, one of the ones I played and I'll recommend is Kurt Warner under 25 touchdown passes. Warner is 38 now. The last time I believe he put together back-to-back seasons where he didn't get hurt was 2001. So he's very fragile and injury-prone as it is, so I doubt if he can last a second season completely healthy. We all know the history of Super Bowl losers, the hangovers they have the following season. And uh, plus Arizona, their coach, Wisenhunt, is from the Steelers, and he's a more of a, uh, you know, run-oriented is his background. He couldn't do that last year. He was a sharp enough coach to realize to go with the talent and uh, become just almost an all-passing team. But this year's different. They got rid of Edgar and James, who's really at the end of the line. They have a, a promising rookie running back, Beanie Wells, uh, Tim Hightower last year's uh, – uh, promising back, you know, has promised too. I think they're going to run the ball more, and uh, the injury factor with Warner is far more than with any other quarterback. So I think you should look to to fade Warner on these props whenever you can find one. Go under with Kurt Warner. Well, that's going to be a great segue and a nice uh, setup for me for my free pick uh, this week. I've been giving you guys uh, team futures where I've taken the over and under on team wins. And the team that I broke down this week is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and I'm seeing eight and a half for the win total. And again, here is a team that was in the Super Bowl last year, and they're at eight and a half wins this year. Uh, you made the reference to teams that lose the Super Bowl, the the hangover effect. Um, the hangover effect so much is when it's a team like Arizona that you know came from left field to get to the Super Bowl. Um, the next year, you know, they probably got, you know, a good run, you know, through the playoffs, which Arizona did. Um, they had an easy schedule last year because they weren't a winning team the year before. 
and now your first place schedule and they're drawing their out of conference uh, division they're drawing the AFC division with Tennessee Indianapolis those are going to be games that I don't see Arizona winning and I'm looking at this team overall Kurt Warner great point about the injuries he's he's not had a season that you know that he went without an injury and if he gets hurt what are the backup options now Matt Leinart's confidence levels got to be you know totally shot not only did he you know lose a starting job he's competing this year with Brian St. Pierre for the backup role they're leaving it you know a lot of people say that you know that's probably because of the ties Wisenhunt has with uh, St. Pierre from this Pittsburgh days St. Pierre's made a career out of being on the practice squad at Pittsburgh and uh, but he's actually getting a chance this year to you know to have a legitimate shot at the the second uh, backup spot I you know Liner's just got to be scratching his head so Arizona, I don't see them getting to the eight and a half wins. I see them, as I said last week with Baltimore, this is at best an eight and eight team this year. I'm going to go under eight and a half uh, wins for the Arizona Cardinals. You guys have any uh, comments? Well, I'd have been hoping that the over and under would have been nine. I mean, we are talking about the Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl team. So I'm. Uh, because I, I buy into your thinking. I'm just disappointed on the number there. Well, the the number to me, and this is one thing that, you know, throughout the course of the year, and, and VR will understand when I make this comment. And, you know, Stephen, you're, you're the straightforward nuts and bolts. Yeah, nine would be great. Great value there. Um, you'd if be it was not Vegas at nine, yeah. you'd be playing under minus one seventy. Yeah, <laughs> I look at it. The fact that Vegas did put it up at eight and a half to me, they're they're suckering in the guys to take the over, and I'm and I'm against the grain situation. Uh, when I see a number like that, in to me. It, the it's so easy to take the uh, the over eight and a half. Yeah, That's uh, why I'm going to look. You at the go under. over five hundred. You cash a ticket. I like it, Marco. I like it because Seattle is going to be much improved. I gave them over as my pick um, for season wins, and even San Fran's going to be you know much improved. So I think they're going to have more of a struggle within the division, and I could see them you know eight and eight at best. And you cash a ticket. I, I like that pick. I'm going to look at it myself. So that's what we've got for this week, uh, guys. As always, a great show. You guys got any uh, closing? Uh, thoughts and uh, comments for our listeners just want to wish everyone the best of luck in the upcoming football season and uh, pass along be patient take your time it is only preseason you know the season will be here before you know it we got four or five months ahead of us of betting you know you ain't got to roll your whole bankroll out there in week one take your time be patient let it come to you don't go chasing it all the time yeah I, I would just concur with, with VR very very good point uh Preseason is not the time to shotgun the board. Pick your spots. Check around for props, too. You can maybe uh, cherry-pick some good props out there. And don't uh, forget about baseball because uh, there's always spots, too, with a full menu of baseball. So use you know this is the time, though, to be really sharp with money management. Pick your spots and you know, do your work and get ready for the season. I think the, the best thing that you said there, Stephen, is don't forget about baseball because the odds maker right now is, you know – his mind's going in in different directions. He he's got to be looking at the preseason football. Um, they're gonna you know you've got college football just around the corner. In baseball, 
even though it's you know we're in the dog days of summer and the pen the pennant drives, baseball gets lost in shuffle. I mean that's not the big you know the big ticket item at the sports books, and with preseason football, they've got to stay on top of things because. Unlike any other sport, preseason football, they will move lines very quickly based on information that comes out from the camps and what the coaches say. So they got to be putting their attention to that. Definitely, Marco. Basically, all they're doing with baseball, they're putting out the overnight line. That's it. Uh, And if there's an off pitcher, they'll get involved with baseball. But especially towards the latter part of the week, these Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they got to be very vigilant with the preseason football those lines are going to move on air they're going to move fast so uh that's where they're putting paying their attention the sharp guys in vegas uh you know they they make their money in baseball i mean they add to their pro- season profit totals at this stretch run and i know in the last couple of years we are the stretch drive for you in baseball has been super that's when i've done the, most of the damage actually because of, of that fact everybody's focus in on football and leaving baseball alone so that forces the odds makers to do the same because if one sports get taken 90 percent of the volume and the other sports taken 10 you're gonna have your guys worrying about the the point spreads on the the games that are bringing in 90 percent of the action more than you're going to worry about them how they're going to put the lines out for something not taking much book um so I think it's a great opportunity. I think that's when most of the pros end up doing most of their damage as well. While on the flip side, more public bettors are sick of it by now. They've had them big favorites go down, you know, and they're just sick and tired of it and looking for uh, something new to jump into where I'm licking my chops laying back and saying, you know, these next six weeks are going to be a lot of fun. Well, perfect examples today, and we're doing the podcast Wednesday morning, so I won't know the outcome of this uh this afternoon game, but uh, the odds makers made Tampa Bay uh, a favorite against the Angels today. And uh, Tampa Bay's, the, you know, they're thinking is Neiman is, is starting. He's established. He's he's having a good season against an Angels pitcher who's making his first uh, his major league debut. But you cannot make Tampa Bay a favorite at Anaheim. I think they've lost like 33 of their last 39 games there. The Angels are playing great. Tampa Bay isn't. Tampa Bay is not a good road team. So it's just spots like that. Absolutely. And uh, I can't uh, I can't disagree with anything you guys have said. So uh, good stuff as always. Uh, wrapping this up, we'll be back next week. Uh, you know, it'll be great from here out. We'll have football to talk about, you know, each and every week. We'll have the first week results and, you know, get a start to get a chemistry on these teams and a flavor for the teams and what we can expect. And uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited about the podcast this year. I, I, it's going to be uh, some good stuff all season long, and we're going to have some guests throughout the year as well as some of our cappers come in through town, Vegas. And we're planning on doing a preview show uh, where we're going to, you know, preview college football um, in the next uh, week or two as well. So get into the forums. Tell us what you want to hear about. You know, comment on the show. It's you guys. We need your feedback. That's how we make this show better. And uh, as always, um, thanks for listening. Uh, For my partners in crime, Vegas Runner, Stephen Over, thanks for being here. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo. We will be back next week with another edition of the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. 